What's going on, guys? Alright, so first of all, I just want to apologize for the unprofessionalism I'm displaying here. Um, other than right now, I would not have enough time to record, um, actually, you know, in my professional, I guess you could say, studio apartment. Uh, that's where I record all the episodes for the show. But unfortunately, I don't have enough time. I'm going to be um, all over the place today. So, I figured... Right now is the best time, so I'm actually getting in my car, but I can still talk to you guys for a few minutes about Terminator 2 3D Battle Across Time. Today is the one-year mark. Um, excuse the door closing. Today is the one-year mark of the final shows at Universal Studios Florida, You know, which is the original attraction location uh, for it, you know, that was the original. So, this is not going to be um, a quick discussion about the uh, attraction that closed in Hollywood back in 2012, I believe. Uh, this is going to be uh, focused on the original attraction. This is the one that spawned the other two iterations um, the one in Hollywood and then the one in Japan, which is actually still running, ironically. So, Let's get into this. Let's talk about this a little bit because Terminator 2 3D was my favorite ride. And it's not it wasn't even a ride, you know, it was really just a show, but it felt like a ride. And that was one of the things I loved about it. Anytime I went to Universal Studios and uh brought my friends with me, you know, there was a there was a time when I wasn't a super die-hard, passionate Terminator fan. Um, and so I would go to Universal Studios just like for one day. I didn't have an annual pass, which is a thing that lets you go as many times as you want throughout the year. Um, I would just go sporadically. And I would think about going to the Terminator show, right? I would be like, ah, uh, I don't know. It, it, there's so many other cool roller coasters and stuff here. Um, Maybe, maybe we'll do it, right? That was me a few years back. And then when I got bit by the Terminator bug, um, it became my favorite attraction because of how special it was. And Universal patented like four different things or maybe even more with that attraction. You know, they patented the the three screens that enveloped the auditorium. They patented the blending of the live action with the film. They patented the seat drop at the end of uh, the attraction. Um, at the end of the film, I mean. And, you know, it, it, it was such a beautiful experience. And anytime I went with friends, anytime, I would be like, guys, we have to do T2. We just, we just have to do it. And they would always look at me kind of like, really, Eddie? Like, okay, we'll, we'll humor him. And so they would do it. And still to this day, many of them are like, wow, I'm really glad that you told me to go on that because yeah, that was a really special show. I mean, if you just look at it, you know, in the broad scope, what it, is is basically it starts off with a presentation which that was always the part that 
you know, on repeat viewings that you wished you could have like skipped because that that part honestly kind of dragged on a little bit. Um, I mean, it really did, you know, with the whole Kimberly Duncan thing and the super, you know, that stuff. That stuff kind of dragged on. And then, of course, they show the presentation, which is basically just to, for the people who are not Terminator fans, it's to just kind of get them up to speed on where the attraction is going, which is what a theme park attraction should do. If, if it's based on a movie, like a pre-existing franchise, then it should establish where it is in terms of the, the continuity and everything, right? For the people who are not familiar with the, with the material. And that's what this presentation did beautifully. You know, it went through the whole, um, you know, uh, Skynet and Cyberdyne and, you know, we're going to become your best friend. You know, we're, we're going to, you know, basically revolutionize everything around you. So, and then um, Sarah and John, they, they, they interrupt, right? And that's where, that's where the exposition comes in because they basically just go right through a recap of Terminator 2. And that was the best part for me because I got to see really, really cool new footage of John and Sarah, Linda and Edward, you know, interacting. You know, this is now what, five years later, 1996. So um, it was really cool to see that. And then, of course, you go into the auditorium and that is where the show takes off because it's a blending of live action with the film that was co-directed by James Cameron. Stan Winston has a directorial credit on that film, and uh, so does one other person. I believe his name is John Bruno. Um, don't hold that against me if I'm wrong. I believe that's his name, though. So James Cameron, Stan Winston, and John Bruno, possibly, um, are the three credited directors. So James Cameron was involved. Now, the thing that you know has always kind of bugged me about T2 3D is it's, it was advertised as a mini-sequel, right, to Terminator 2, and sort of a setup for the third Terminator. So that's all fine and dandy. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. But just a couple of the things that went on in that show didn't jive with what was pre-established in the mythology of the first two films. Now, some could argue that, well, maybe the technology improved and it allowed them to do that. I don't know. Um, but just basing it off of what was established in T1 and T2, the attraction doesn't make sense. And they were, you know, in a rock and a hard place. They were between a rock and a hard place because they had to cater to the fans of Terminator, but they also had to cater to the theme park audience and, and the fact that it is a theme park attraction, right? So where I'm coming from is when the T-800 arrives, he arrives on his Harley and he arrives fully clothed and he has his shotgun. None of that would be possible based on what was established in the first two films. They arrive naked, nothing, you know, metal can come through, no weapons, nothing like that, right? So that doesn't make sense. But again, it's a theme park attraction. So you gotta, you're walking a fine line there. So you could say, and you could look at it as, okay, well, new technology was developed that allowed them to now send basically anything back. But then the reason that was established in the first two films was so that Skynet couldn't just send back, you know, I don't know, like a nuclear bomb or something. You know what I mean? Like they couldn't send back something that would just easily wipe out all of humanity, thus 
wiping out the entire story and the and the drama of the first two films. So that's why that was established by James Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd. Those are just a, a little bit of the nitpicks that I had with the attraction. Other than that, guys, seriously, this was such an... Really, it, it was so special. And one year later, and I'm looking back, right? And I'm, and I'm thinking, because we still don't know what's going to replace it. You know, speculation has been leaning towards... And I don't know how how factual this is, but people are speculating that maybe an attraction based on the Jason Bourne franchise is going to go in there. And that's just awful. I mean, that's really bad, but it's not as bad as if you're going to look at it and compare it to the Hollywood version. The Hollywood version got replaced by Despicable Me. Minions. Minions took over like they always do. They took over Terminator 2's spot. So if this attraction were to be replaced by a born attraction, I would be a little more okay with it because at least it's, you know, an action franchise. But again, nothing that goes in there is going to replace the love and admiration and the feelings and the memories that I established and that I, you know, created with so many people, you know, at that particular location. I mean, one of my guests that I've had on previously here on the podcast and uh, I will have on in a future episode stay tuned um, it's going to be a Terminator 3 commentary track that's really fun um, David Durant you know from Durant Cinema I met him um, at Universal Studios and one of our big things that day was going to the Terminator attraction because of how much him and I loved it you know so it has such a special place in my heart um, just the feeling of it the smells the 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 vibe that that whole place just gave off. And then, of course, going into the gift shop, um, which in the earlier days of the attraction was heavily Terminator. And then as it went on, it got sort of, I don't know what you would say, but it got kind of overtaken by other stuff. They had like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and The Walking Dead and Doctor Who and all that stuff in the attraction shop. And then a little bit of Terminator. So that always irked me a little bit as well. But, you know, they also had on display some of the actual costumes that Arnold and Edward and uh, Linda wore in the film on display for people to look at. So that was really cool. Um, it was just a fun, revolutionary, meaningful addition to diehard Terminator fans. And it's such a shame that it's gone you know, a lot of people looked at it as the last good Terminator film. You know, a lot of people consider, myself included, that's actually better than the three theatrical sequels we got, right? And the television show. That little short film at Universal Studios was better. And it's such a shame. But anyways, guys, today is not really a celebration. It's really a remembrance um, of it. One year later, it's gone. But Oh, well, we don't have a time machine. You know, we don't have that ability. We can't go back in time and change people's minds and make them see the error of getting rid of it. You know, s still in 2018, Terminator is super relevant. You know, it really, really is. The relevance of Terminator is undeniable. So I don't know. We'll see. And you can definitely expect any breaking news in terms of what's replacing it when that comes out. 
you can definitely expect that we're going to dissect it. We're going to talk about it right here on Terminator 101. So anyways, guys, I just wanted to uh, share that with you, my little thoughts, opinions, feelings about T2 3D Battle Across Time. Call in here on Anchor. If you don't have the Anchor app, download it. Call into the show and let me know, did you go to this attraction? Did you experience it? Did you have the privilege of living it? If you did, share your memories with us. I would love to hear it. And if you didn't have the privilege of getting to go to it in its 21 years, still call in and let me know, you know, any regrets, what what you wish you would have been able to experience, you know, I'm really curious to know. So call in, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Seriously, like it really does mean a lot. Anybody that listens to this, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan who wanted to spread my love and passion for the Terminator films that James Cameron created with other people. I just wanted to, you know, share it. And I wanted to create a podcast and I did. And If you guys are listening, that means a lot to me. So thank you so much. Uh, Find the podcast on all social media at T101podcast. Also, if you want to, you can support the podcast on the Anchor profile. Um, You can support it, a monthly donation. That would mean a lot to me, but nothing required. I don't do this expecting a paycheck. Um, But if you want to, you can. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash terminator 101 podcast and you can donate right there so that'd be really cool anyways guys i've talked enough now it's time for you to do the talk in and in the meantime keep on terminating rest in peace terminator 2 3d battle across time 1996 to 2017